Hello and welcome to another lecture of Fallen Wisdom. Today we're going to talk about why you need to fast on a daily basis. As pleasurable as eating is, especially in your dying mind, it creates a state of possible disease in your body when you take it in. Your body is in a weakened state trying to merge with the food that you've put inside. It needs time to integrate. And if you're constantly piling food in without giving a long, at least 20-hour break, well, then the body gets starts to shut down a little bit. starts to slow down and get sluggish to fold up time. Now, you can basically eat what you want. Although I do recommend staying away from the horror of the animal protein. Even if you were to stay with that, but just restricted your eating to a five-hour window, four to five hours, and then wait another 20 hours to eat again. And the question is, should you have anything during that fast? Yes. You make yourself a good tea. Use some stevia. Use some monk fruit. Sweeten it. Non-caffeinated tea. On that, for 20 hours, nothing but water or that. It's a good idea to drink a lot of water, too, in those periods. Do it on a daily basis. Do not let your world become the hating it world of the constant eater who constantly eats because they're hating it but doesn't understand that they're making themselves somebody who's hating it by eating constantly. You can't be happy. You're blocking a lot of the bliss that way through food. And the food is giving you a momentary bliss. But it's that's not bliss. If you if you need that bliss, it means you're lacking the real bliss. And you need to figure out a way how to find it. Now, I'm going to do something to kick off this fast that I haven't done in a long, long, long time. I'm going to fast for three full days eating nothing for three days. And at the end of that three days, I'm going to get a little bit of tobacco, go in the top of a, a hill during the sunrise, and I'm going to roll that tobacco and take a few puffs as the sun comes off the ledge. 
as the sun comes up from the ground. My hope is I'll get a vision because that's the only time you should really be using tobacco is after a fast. So if you want to do a 20-hour fast and reward yourself with some tobacco at the end of it, fair enough. But treat it sacredly. Treat it like something that you you cherish. Or if you just want to vape some nicotine at the end of it, fine. If that's going to get you to do it, if you have to teach yourself like a Pavlovian animal, do it. But establish these routines in yourself, the information, but establish a few routines. I know you don't have much control over this being, and the minute you lay down some rules, there's a whole group of revolting angels inside of you to go against whatever it is you resolve. So never have full control of the organism. But if you just put in a few rules and just hold firm to those rules across universes, across universes, I said, hold firmly to the rule that you must stay fasting for 20 hours a day. And yes, there will be social constraints that sort of go against it. But then compensate. Whatever you didn't fast the other day, fast that extra the next day. So if it was 15 hours today, then tomorrow you you must fast 25 hours. Understand how important it is. You're going to get as much nutrition as you need within the five hours. You'll get plenty and more. In the, tw- in the intervening 20 hours, your testosterone will be built up. The autophagy of your body will eat dead proto-cancerous tissue. Everything will be improved. Stick to it. Because one, one thing I can tell you is when you get into that routine and you get off it, just even for a day, like you say, I'm going to have a cheat day, it devolves. Your body is a habitual animal. And it will settle into whatever habit you put it in. But it's in order to like really ram your soul against the side of this thing and try to get a few things in. It's very difficult to get control over this animal. It's a wild beast that you're living inside of, somewhat in control. It sometimes listens to you. But for the most part, it doesn't. For the most part, you are a passenger. And this thing will listen to this and be like, yes, it's true. I need to fast like 20 hours a day. But you will not. The urge to eat will come to you and you'll be like, you'll rationalize it. You'll be like, well, I'm hungry. I'll eat now. Fuck it. 
And every time you say fuck it to a principle that you know is true, you erode your ability to follow that principle. You sabotage your own ability to live according to a principle that you know is really the only, is the key to so many things. The answer to all your health issues. Your body is a natural healing machine. But the healing doesn't start until you get rid of all the excess food in your body. Then the healing mechanism turns on. That takes hours. That takes at least 15 hours. Just to, just to turn on your healing mechanisms. It takes another five just to sit there on clean mode. So then you're ready to take in the next food. Don't abuse your body for the sake of momentary pleasure to ameliorate the happiness and to ameliorate the unhappiness that you've created by mistreating the body that you have. By not fasting in the first place, you'll be miserable to the point where you'll overeat even more to ameliorate that misery. Now, it's, it's virtually impossible to completely control this organism and what it eats and how it eats and how often it eats. You will have your moments of discipline, but then you will have moments where you fall off. And the moments you fall off will be like a fog. Well, you'll just be like, you'll, you'll, you'll rationalize it just because it's good in the moment to just eat something. And you'll rationalize it and you'll just kind of move on and you'll be like, yeah, I know, eventually I'll get to that plan. But you just kind of stay doing what the fuck your body wants to do in the moment. And it further demoralizes your ability, further demoralizes your mind, and slowly drives you insane. And that's what ultimately the body wants. It wants to drive this soul insane so that it can dictate to the soul what should be done. The ego is sort of like a middle a middle phase between the two, the, the, the pure instincts of the body. Then you have the very egoistic drives of the, of the ego. And then you have the overarching soul, which both are fighting against. And they're fighting against each other too. And make no mistake, these, these entities... This instinctual entity, this ego entity, they are detectors. They are programs that help to view the world in a particular way and understand the forces at work. They're mechanisms of sight, but they are not the last word on what the thing to do is. They are not as conscious as the overarching soul. They're not. They're conscious to a certain extent. Even instinct has a certain consciousness, but it's not as 
let's put it this way, conscious, as what's what's listening to this right now, what's trying to understand these concepts, there's a certain mind in us that's dynamic, that's living to figure out a better way than what's been traditionally done. Whereas the two other minds are just falling in with traditional ways of thinking. Their consciousness is automatic. This consciousness is capable of sitting back, looking, learning better at a different rate, in a different way that goes beyond evolution and actually incorporates a form of evolution, but that occurs inside of a person instead of having to wait for generations of humans to, to evolve. And what that does is that speeds up the evolution of man. If you can evolve to a higher man faster, then you become the new evolution inside the human DNA. And you can advance the human race much faster just by evolving yourself and then being the first one that evolves. And then that spawns others. And so you can bring humanity up to, like, as, as far as you can go, as far as you can evolve yourself, that's how far you've brought humanity. Because you're the first human to get there, and you've done it. You're a pioneer. You've reached the moon. You've reached Jupiter. You've reached a plateau. You've reached what the goal has been. So you should know. So fasting is the way to get there, whatever you do. If you get hungry, make yourself a tea. No sugar, no honey, nothing that has any kind of calorie aspect to it. No artificial sweetener. There's natural stuff. That sweetens it. And it's even better without that. If you could just drink tea without any sweetener for 20 hours a day, you would never die. You would always be in good shape. And now, this is provided you get regular sleep, you eat a certain mainly keto diet, but you can can um, violate a little bit here and there. For the simple reason why you don't want your body to get too used to the perfect clean diet, or else when it falls off or deviates, it becomes super bloated mess. You always got to give your body a little bit of the poison so that it doesn't become completely poisoned by it. That's what I was like, didn't understand about dieting. It's like you can restrict your eating to a certain point, but then after a while, the thing that you're restricting becomes poison. 
becomes much more poisonous as your body is not used to it. So if you're all of a sudden eating very clean and then you eat something pretty awful, it affects you a lot worse than it does somebody who's just been eating that awful thing every day for years. Because they've adapted themselves to eating it. And you, by eating a clean, perfect diet, have adapted yourselves to 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 being restricted to that clean, perfect diet. In a way, eating healthy makes you a little weaker against the unhealthy stuff. And these are unpopular facts to the devil. But my goal is to bring the bliss across all universes of my my being. So I know there are certain parallel universes where I'm in hell, where my egoistic decisions have landed me in a parallel universe that is horrible. I want to do for that person. I want to do for the most wretched of my parallel universes. So I want to be able to shine bliss into that realm so they can evolve out of it. So this is the next step in the evolution of man is to spiritualize and blissify all your universes. And what it does is as a simultaneous effect of giving you the sense that you're in the much better universe, which also gives you pleasure. So you imagine the worst possible universe you could be in right now, addicted to heroin, you know, in some crime-ridden dystopia, ruled by a tyrant, the economy in shambles, disease, death, violence, war, no government, the state of nature, basically. And you're fighting everyone, and it's pure hell, and all you can do is you wake up screaming with nightmares of the people that you've seen die. You essentially live in a permanent state of war. I'm talking to you, that version of me living in that. I'm very grateful right now that I'm not living in that world. So as I contemplate your world, I'm feeling (laughs) grateful about mine. But you should understand, even in that world, that you can have all the bliss you want. And that bliss will give you power, even more power, in a world of pure hell. In hell, your bliss potential to raise hell, to envelop hell, and to cancel it. Now, what's the point? Why should you cancel hell? What about all these people who transgress that must go there? Oh, they're there. You can't completely get rid of hell. 
but you can get people out of it by sending them down the lifeline of bliss. And that's what the whole Jesus thing was. Like Jesus came down to tell everyone, hey, here's how to be happy. Just be a good person, be open, be honest. Act like a God on earth. A God isn't concerned about screwing the neighbor's wife. A God isn't concerned about grabbing as much pleasure as it can in this short, brutish existence that we've defined as the human one. Our mission as a God here is to be a God in flesh. And once we do that, once we understand that we are all the sons and daughters of God, then the bliss comes and the immortality and the failure to be able to die and the ability to influence the world in a way that changes it. That's very telling that in this parallel universe, the first man who tried to come, or maybe not the first man, but one of the few men who've come down and tried to explain this very simple truth were instantly killed, murdered. And so the story became that we all died, that he died for our sins. But the real truth is he died because this realm of hell still needed to go through 2,000 or more years of, of, of hell till now. And now... We don't need this hell anymore. We don't need the hell of the ego anymore. Even you who live in this horrible realm, I'm talking to my parallel universe version of myself living in hell. Be still. Let the pleasure come in. Think about even worse scenarios than the one you're in. Your legs blown off, your 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 limbs destroyed, your family all dead. Think about that world. There's always a worse world that you could be in. Most people are only thinking about the better world they could be in. Now, that's one thing is to think about the better world you can be in as a visualization. But what most other people are doing is they're getting upset about it. They're not in the world they want to envision. And so they're very upset. They're frustrated. But if we can just 
figure out a way to let this bliss in. What it does is it permeates all of the universes. And if you have a moment to be able to usher it in, to be able to clear the way for it to come in, you can rescue every parallel universe of yourself. You can unify all your different persons into one version of yourself that experiences all the universes at once, especially during sleep. Remember, practice putting your hand in front of your face at periodic times during the day. Stare at the hand. Do this for like an hour a day at least, maybe in different intervals. Whenever you get a chance, put your hand up. Why am I telling you to do this? So you can look at your own parallel worlds in the dream world. Your hand is your remote control into these worlds. Your hand wakes you up in your dream that you're dreaming. And then once you know that, and you know what you're experiencing is another parallel world version of yourself, then you can really look around. You can relax and just be in it. You can also change parallel worlds at will. That's a different skill that comes later. But for now, cultivate the looking at the hand. Put the hand in front of the face. Examine the hand. And what will happen is when you're in a dream state and that happens and you do it habitually, because you've trained yourself now that that's what you do to establish your boundaries, your, to establish your bearings, because that's become a habit for you, you will inevitably do it in the dreamscape. And that will be your cue. You'll see your hand looks a little weird, and you'll just see that from looking at your hand and the distortion that it'll show you that you're dreaming. And once you wake up into your dream, that's when your true God power starts. And if everybody was trained to exercise their God powers inside their dreamscapes, they would be a hell of a lot less anxious to do it in this realm, in the physical realm. Now, those dreamscapes are nothing but parallel universes, but some of them are hellish. And some of them invade your mind to the point where you act in a way that your parallel universe evil version of you would act. And that becomes a nightmare. So, become a conscious rider in your dreams. And it really helps to stay away from any kind of intoxicants if you really want these dreams to come. Most drugs tap into the same set of neurons that sleeping and dreaming taps into. So it sort of depletes it and doesn't allow you to visit your parallel worlds. 
So drug use of any kind over a prolonged period locks you into your own parallel world, very dull, very unsatisfying to the psyche. And so it increasingly needs more of the drug to compensate, but the drug can't possibly. Nothing is as satisfying as dreaming, especially when you can take control of your dream. So given that all intoxicants really cut down on that ability, you should be very sparing with them because there's no drug that's going to bring your mind into a state of enlightenment like like proper dream-filled sleep, especially when you're able to take control of those dreams because once you get into how these dreams work, you realize you can live for like centuries in a dream and wake up the next morning after only eight hours of sleep, having lived several lifetimes. Not just one set of lifetimes, not just one long thousand-year-old lifetime maybe 200 of them. That's how time gets treated in the dream. There's no more time constraints. You can speed up or live thousands of years in one single hour of dreaming. So you want to cultivate your ability to get really solid dreams that you can then dive into using this hand technique. So start off with the hand. Stop using any kind of intoxicants. Just just done. Be done with it. Do the fast for 20 hours. Do that. If you want to have a little glass of wine with your dinner, fine. But just understand this, that once you understand the richness of the dream that you can Produce when you don't have any caffeine or alcohol or marijuana or cocaine or whatever the fuck drug you take. When you understand that the bubble, the, the thin, delicate bubble of your dream that gives you the key to infinite universes for infinite amount of time. Once you understand how fragile that bubble is and how easily it's disrupted by drugs that you take to make yourself feel better in this very mundane realm, you just, you won't want them. You won't want them. You won't want just the ability to get good sleep, the ability to have a time to just dream. Starts with the hand, though, and fasting. Keep your hand in front of your face. Do it periodically, because also you need to you're, you need to sleep with an empty belly to get these dreams. 
it's like your pat your if you want your soul to be to be able to to go into the different universes it needs to be kind of clear of all food that it hasn't assimilated because it can't take any of it with with it and so what happens is it gets weighed down here by food and that that affects your ability to be able to go into the dream world food is another disruptor of sleep and you should be going to bed with an empty stomach instead most people they eat until they finally collapse and and then they sleep it off which is the worst thing for you digestively like you should go to sleep with a growling stomach that's how you know you're going to have really good dreams and really good sleep another thing that needs to be done is if you wake if you wake up periodically with a dry mouth or if people tell you that you're snoring that means you have a condition that is interfering with your sleep it's a condition that causes you to mouth breathe while you're sleeping so make sure that if you do are somebody who snores or mouth breathes during sleep and it wakes up with a dry mouth that you have to tape your mouth shut if you want to have good dreams and chances are if you're very stressed out you're grinding your teeth at night if you're not getting good sleep and if you're not getting good dreams your body starts to get stressed grinds its teeth down remember the gnashing of teeth it's mentioned a lot when depictions of hell in the new testament this this gnashing of teeth I just always thought it was an interesting image, but now I understand it. You will grind your teeth out if you don't understand how to to get the bliss. It's either gnashing of teeth or bliss. There's no in between. And bliss can only come proper sleep with the ability once you once you get enough sleep and you and you can kind of act out all your fantasies in your dream world including your fantasy you can eat whatever you want i mean it's not real food it's a dream food i know it's like you're in a parallel universe but you can be in that parallel universe and it doesn't affect this one so you can indulge all your appetites in your dream world you can even explore what it's like to be evil although i don't recommend it because you can get trapped in that evil world if you it becomes too seductive the dream can become a reality whatever you even if you're play acting evil in a dreamscape you're playing with fire there shouldn't you shouldn't take pleasure in being evil and if you do then there's something in you worthy of punishment and you will get punished so be very 
But just understand that you're, you know you're dreaming, so you can get away with certain things, and you certainly don't have to be faithful to your um, your your significant other in your dreamscape. You won't even remember them because you'll be in a parallel universe where you're not with them. But it's very hard to recognize that you're dreaming. And even if you don't do this virtual, if you don't do this lucid dream thing, if you just can't bring yourself to put your hand in front of your face, which I still recommend, but if you just won't do it, you won't do it. As long as you get good sleep and you get good dreaming, you'll you'll be acting out all your fantasies and your dreams anyway. You just won't remember and you won't be able to have kind of agency and you won't be able to live like those thousand year lifespans. <laughs> but actually you will in some. You will just live like a thousand years of hell, maybe sometimes a thousand years of of joy. In many cases, we only remember the dreams that we have sort of like after sleeping in a little bit. Like you wake up and then you sleep in another few hours and then you really have some vivid dreams. So that's some of the best dreaming time for sure. But it's by no means the only one. And it's just because it's more closer to when you wake up is that you remember it. But when you do this hand thing, you'll remember a lot. And you'll be super satisfied. You won't feel deprived in any way because your dreams give you everything you want. So simultaneously putting your hand up and then asking yourself what it is you want to dream about tonight. Like It's like, what movie do I want to watch tonight? It's like, what's going to be my adventure and my dream? You can, you can call it out. You can visualize it. And, and and that combined with the hand, you'll have created your own dreamscape. These are the things you should be doing with your mind when it's wandering. When there's nothing to do. It's like instantly going to what your dreamscape's going to be tonight and how you're going to get there. And understanding that your sobriety right now, your complete stone-cold sobriety, is the buildup that's needed to get what you want out of these dreams. Dreamlike state in the world that we're in. There's enough here. It's just that you've deprived yourself of it by interfering with your sleep state. And if you are taking any kind of substances, that's what you're doing. That's all you're doing. So as pleasurable as it is, dead end. You must recuperate. Your looks depend on it. Your looks depend on it. Like if you're just not satisfied in your soul, which you can never be if you don't have a dream life. Because this world, this world is not enough for your brain. Your brain will be eternally unsatisfied if you're restricting it to just this world with drugs. That's what you're, those, that's your choice. It's like 
this world with a bunch of drugs to ameliorate it or this world with no drugs, no eating for 20 hours and a whole universe of a million different lives that you can experience in a timeless fashion in a virtual way that's so real that it completely fulfills your soul. It fulfills everything about you. See, that when you come back and you wake up, you just feel satisfied. And you just, you're, you go about your day in pure bliss. So that requires a fasted sleep and it requires a long period of time fasting while you're walking around. But the more you can actually sleep in that in that period, the better. You know, kill that 20 hours. Sleep for most of it if you can. Always opt to sleep rather than take some kind of aid to like wake you up coffee is like the worst man because it's like you're you're forcing yourself to stay awake therefore you're just like losing all this opportunity to live in an infinite manner and in infinite lives with infinite different lovers you're just killing that possibility and forcing yourself into a prison of one possible universe. And of course, like all you can do is drink in that possible universe. But then you don't, you're wondering why you're so unsatisfied. It's because your dreams have been destroyed. Alcohol is one of the worst killers of dreams. Sugar is a major killer of dreams. And you know what I'm starting to find out is animal protein is just there's something vampiric about it there's something savage about it that interferes with your psyche to the point where your dreaming is affected try it try not eating it for like a week and see if your dreams get better but first just fast for a while fast for like do it first for 13 hours, then build up an hour every day until it gets to 20. I know it's going to be very difficult, like, but build it up. Put it just out, add an hour on. Fasting for 13 hours is nothing. You're sleeping for like eight of it. So it's like four hours after that. So try that and then. Just live a sober life for a, like at least three or four days. And you'll see like on the fourth day, without any substances inside of you, your dreams will be very intense. And if you've practiced the hand motion over those four days, you're in for something. This is Lectures of Fallen Wisdom. <laughs>